Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode number 128, dedicated to some women who made up the team who on August 31st, 1997, won the very first WNBA championship. The Houston Comets. And as always, thank you for sitting and downloading to the episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we talk a little bit about the NBA players' decision to boycott postseason games. There's news coming out about Big Ten football, and it's news that those in the Big Ten do not like. And guys, opt-out season in college football, it keeps on going. But first, a weekend that so many of us have been looking forward to for quite some time has come and is gone. And if you're like me, you enjoyed every second of it. Yes, you may be wondering, Jay, what are you talking about? And what did I miss or what did I enjoy this weekend that I am not thinking about right now? This weekend, every year for the past few years now, it's been quote unquote week zero. We get college football, some variety, and then we get high school football on ESPN that Friday night, all day that Saturday, and then that Sunday as well. And man, let me tell you guys. In a year where we just want something that we're used to, something that's normal for us to watch, for us to enjoy, for us to do, over the next four months, (laughs) between right now up until uh, Super Bowl in February, longer than four months, we we get what we want. We get what we're used to. Football. Football, football, and football. Now, fans of the Big Ten, fans of the the Pac-12, fans of... a lot of FCS schools, uh, your D3, your D2, um, those schools, I understand it. You're missing out on something that you love, that you're looking forward to. But at the same time, we still get something to watch that we can enjoy every single week. And this past Friday night, went to my first high school football game of the season. It was week two here in Indiana. I went to watch my my the school that I went to, Lawrence Central High School. They went uh, an hour away uh, to the home of Purdue University. They played Lafayette Jeff. My school lost. Lafayette Jeff ranked in the top ten of the state. And, well, LC is okay. Not great. Not really good. Just okay right now. Probably have a winning record, but when you're just okay, you're going to lose, especially when you have to go on the road an hour away to play a team that is as good as the Lafayette Jeff Broncos. But that was Friday night for me, for a lot of you on ESPN. There was high school football there on ESPN on Saturday. ESPN had high school football on from 12 o'clock all the way through midnight, I believe. Now, my dad called me. I forget what I was doing on Saturday, maybe going to go, going to the gym, just getting home from the gym. I forget what I was doing. But my dad called me around 1 o'clock and said, hey, are you watching this game? I said, what game are you watching? Now, I knew that Trinity Christian, the school that Deion Sanders coached, his son was a quarterback, I knew they were on TV. But I wasn't watching them at that time. My dad called me and said, hey, are you watching this game? I said, no, 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 what are you talking about? He said, oh, oh, Deion Sanders' son playing. He's quarterback. He's pretty good. I said, oh, I'll watch a little bit of it, but I turned it off. Trust me, I still forget. As I'm talking right now, I forget what I turned to to go away from that game. But you get, you got that. I think it was around 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The time zone that I happen to be in, we got Brownsburg High School playing against Cincinnati St. Xavier. St. Xavier, St. X, I've watched him play before. My brother used to be a volunteer coach. So I was able to be on the sidelines of one of the games when St. X played Warren Central here locally. But then also, 
that team is good, a powerhouse in, in Ohio, and they always compete for, and they're always in the running to win the state title, state championship there in the state of Ohio. So they came from Cincinnati two hours away to Brownsburg, Indiana, and let me tell you, I, I thought the St. X was going to win by about a touchdown. <laughs> Sorry, I was wrong. That was not the case. Brownsburg came back. Brownsburg was down, came back, kept fighting, kept fighting. Luke Lacey ran a phenomenal route to the back corner of the end zone. Touchdown. And then I believe Brownsburg had a, uh, I think it was a two-point conversion. Running back ran to the right side of the line. Touchdown. Brownsburg wins the game. And I believe that game went into overtime. Right after that, we got FCS college football. We got Austin P versus the University of Central Arkansas playing in Montgomery, Alabama. Some credit union kickoff, something FCS is doing. Uh, sponsors get a lot of money. Great. Go ahead. Keep doing it. But a lot of people were wondering, not myself, I was on the, let's, see, let's get this train rolling. I believe it's going to be successful. But there were a lot of people out there that were saying, you can't play college football. It's not safe. It's not right for the players. There's no way for it to happen. And I forget if it was Wes Blankenship on Twitter or someone else tweeted out. It was either Saturday or Sunday. Said there were there was a time period in 2020 where people were tweeting that you couldn't have college football. That it's not safe to have college football. They were literally writing articles that you couldn't have college football on national websites. All of a sudden, when college football was being played and they were up, they were able to tweet. They were able to talk about the game and live tweet like all of us were doing during that time. They were silent. So I understand the need to be worried, to be skeptical. But guys, let's be positive. There's too much negative stuff going on in the world. Let's be positive. Well, we got Austin P in Central Arkansas on Saturday night. And we got some more high school football on Sunday. And look, <laughs> this is a great appetizer because next week we get more football. The following Thursday after that, September the 10th, we get the kickoff of the National Football League Week 1. Let's go. I'm here for weekend of football. Football is back. Football is here. And as a football fan, and as people that are looking for some sense of normalcy, I hate, I, I won't say hate the word. I've gotten tired of hearing the word, but it fits so well right now because football in the fall is normal and I'm here for every second of it. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Orlando, the site of a recent boycott, as the players called it. And well, when the news came out, I was kind of confused. Let me explain. They're going to do what? That was the first thought that popped into my head when the Bucks decided to not take the court on Wednesday, August 26th. And I'm sure you may have been like me when you read the notification. You weren't expecting it. It was the last thing on your mind that you thought the Bucks would not take the court that very day. But they felt that was the way to make a statement to speak volume, speak loudly about how they felt about what took place in Kenosha, Wisconsin on Sunday, August the 23rd. But they weren't the only ones. You saw other NBA players, and then ultimately the players said, we're boycotting games. The league said, we're going to postpone games, postpone Wednesday, postpone Thursday. The league didn't come back until Saturday. You saw players in Major League Baseball, uh-uh. We aren't playing. You saw the NHL, the entire league, postpone games. Uh-uh. We aren't playing. Miss Naomi Osaka, in a predominantly white sport, said, uh-uh. I ain't playing. It's not going to happen. What is going on right now? There are things that I can do. 
by not playing to help what's going on off the court to help a people group that I can't do while playing at that particular time. That was how they felt at that time. They weren't going to play. And that was literally not, I'm sure not just me, so many other people what was that for? Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're going to do what? They're just thinking, this came out of nowhere. But when you look at what's going on, when you look at what has gone on for so many years, people read a headline and then react, or a people group, forget the headline, a people group get looked at and treated a different way just because of the color of their skin people said hold on hold on hold on time out throw all the flags out there on the field i'm going to take the, the yellow flags from all the officials and then take the one that's an assistant ref or a backup ref i'm going to take you to throw it in there as well this needs to stop this is annoying and that's how the players felt they felt at this time, the thing for them was to not play the game, was to formulate a way to put things into action and then go back to playing later. And I am very critical of LeBron James um, for numerous reasons, but this is one thing that I agree with LeBron James on. When the Bucks decided to not play and other players followed suit, LeBron said, hold on now. I understand. We got this got to stop. I understand this I understand this has been going on for way too long that black parents or black people, black people have to act a certain way or black people need to have talks with their children that a lot of other people, groups or races don't have to have talks with when in, when in America because of the way they are perceived or the way they are treated simply because of the color of their skin. A lot of that goes to the media. I know a lot. I, I know it's been going on for years, but a lot of that goes to the media where the media portrays people a certain way and then people see that on the television screen or on our phone and then perceive that a people group or a race acts a certain way based off the way they're perceived on TV, on uh, on, on on the news, on TV shows, etc., etc. And I say that because in my job, in the past few jobs I've had, I have talked to a lot of people that are from different countries. And one thing I always ask them is, one, what do you enjoy about America? What do you like about America versus your country? And then another one is, is it what you thought it was? Is America what you thought it was based off what you knew? And a lot of them say, from what I see on TV, America is not like what I thought it was. And that's just how it is in reality. People formulate opinions based on people. People formulate opinions on people. Let me get that right. Based off things that they see on TV, a lot of times with having zero interaction with the people that they're formulating an opinion on. I've done it. I've done it. Australia, I mean, Brazil, I mean, Europe, the continent, Africa, the continent. We have opinions. We formulate opinions based on things that we see or things that we, we, we read or things that we hear. And a lot of times it comes back to bite us because the things that we see, we hear, they're not right. And at the end of the day, we are the ones that are feeling dumb because, well, I believed or I thought you were a certain way when ultimately you are not that way at all but back to what the players are doing when they decided to not play the game the one thing that I asked myself what was that for during that time period I knew what it was for but the only thing was the timing was off 
The shooting happened of Jacob Blake. I'm not going into all the details. I'm not going to do that. One thing I will say is the first headline that I read was wrong. Unarmed black man killed by a white cop. That is wrong. He was killed by a white cop. He was a black man. But Jacob Blake was armed. He actually came out and said himself that he was armed during that time period of the shooting. I'll leave it there. You can run with that statement the way you see fit. But the shooting took place on August the 23rd. The very next day, the Bucks played a game 121 to 106 on the 24th. The 25th was the shooting that I think got the attention of the Bucks. There have been protests 23rd, 24th, 25th. So it was not something that, well, there was a shooting and there was no action in the streets. People weren't protesting what took place. That wasn't the case at all. What you found is, as you find in America a lot of times, somebody's out in the streets protesting. And it's going to happen literally immediately. They were out in the streets protesting against what happened. Um, and they are uh, literally, uh, the, the, of course, the, the details don't come out until a couple of days later. So all they saw was the headline and they acted and went off. And I completely understand when you have no details, when you just read a headline, when you react that way, I completely understand why you do that. I completely understand. No, excuse me. I can't fully understand Doc Rivers' point of view. I am not a, a parent. I had no child. But I I did see Doc Rivers. I did see what he said. I did hear what he said. And as a person that my parents after George Floyd and they started saying, hey, I'm just calling you to make sure you're okay. These are conversations that I've had with my mom recently. My dad said, hey, man, I just want to call you to hear your voice. I just want to make sure you breathe in. Breathe through that phone so I can hear you. Now, I'm just laughing, being a little joke, joking around a little bit. But no, that's, those are literally conversations I have with my parents. Now, maybe, just maybe. My parents have the same conversations with me that Doc Rivers has with his kids. Because I was watching that, I was watching that press conference with Doc Rivers as he was just being very emotional, getting his thoughts out there, talking about how he felt about the situation. And man, y'all, that was tough to watch. Tough, tough, tough. I can tell you, when I see people pour their heart out like that, when I see them just share sheer emotion, just raw emotion about a situation just and just letting the world know how they feel without caring about how the world reacts to how they feel. Sometimes that can be tough to watch. And Doc Rivers made a comment talking about, I wish I could just be a coach. Now, when I heard that, I was thinking, Doc, but being a coach is so much to so many people. But what I believe what Doc was talking about is, I wish I could just coach X's and O's and do what a coach does. Not have these tough conversations with 20 to 30-year-old men about how they are perceived by people, about things they can do to change the narrative, about things they can do to not be put in a bad situation and if a cop does treat them wrong, about how they can respond in said situation. He hopes, and I completely get it, I hope you could as well, Doc, to not have those conversations, to not have to do that, but it's reality. We have to. Jason Whitlock made a comment recently. I know Jason Whitlock is very, very uh, uh, scrutinized. He's criticized. He's looked at by many people as a guy that they don't trust. And I have tried to do everything I can to, when I see something, when I read something, do not jump to conclusions, do not just do it as he said in a YouTube video that I watched. But I tried to step back, 
read it, absorb it, get all the facts, and then formulate an opinion if I'm able to about the based on the facts that I have that I have read that I have received. Sometimes I can't base an I can't formulate an opinion because I'm, I'm not to that point yet. And one thing I'm very grateful for is that if this podcast would have come out, if this if the, uh, the boycott stuff would have come out, let's say on Saturday night or Sunday afternoon, then I would have had to record and then do a podcast for Monday for today. Man, I don't know what I would have said because for about a week and for about half a week now, I had no idea what my thoughts were going to be. Why? Because it was hard to formulate formulate an opinion about this very subject when my thoughts are back and forth and back and forth and going every which way about what's going on in the NBA. But Jason Whitlock, in the video that I watched, he made a very good point. I don't agree with everything every person says, but I do agree with with this point that, that Jason Whitlock said. He said back in 1988. Nike started a campaign for Just Do It, the Just Do It campaign, and we all see it now on t-shirts, Just Do It. If you got something to do, if you're in limbo, Just Do It. And he made a comment saying that's what the NBA players did that Wednesday when they boycotted the games. And I am still one to say, you ain't you ain't about to boycott your job, bro. No, 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 no. No, sorry, Bob. You ain't about to boycott your job. They are lucky. They are uh, they're in a spot to where they can boycott. They can not play. And I wouldn't say boycott your job. You boycott the you bo- you boycott the buses in the fifties. The Montgomery uh, bus system. I believe it was Montgomery, Alabama. You boycott those buses. A company that does you wrong. Your job ain't done nothing to you. The NBA has afforded you and a lot, given you an uh, opportunity to not just play in front of a lot of people, to not just make a lot of money, but to make a name of yourself. And your platform is larger because you're a professional athlete than it would be if you were not. So I will say, no, this whole boycott stuff, I don't know who put that word out there. I don't know who advised them to utilize that word. But I would not advise you or I to boycott your job. Because you boycott your job, what happens when you go back? They change the locks, and you have to find a new job. But Jason Woodlock so well, he put it this way. The NBA players, they just did it. No action, no plan. We know what the purpose of it was, but we didn't know what was to come next. They just did it. And what we find too much nowadays in America, and this is Jason Woodlock speaking, he said too many times people just do it. They don't think. They don't have facts and, and then formulate an opinion they just do it they just do exactly what nike has talked about and preached since 1988 for 32 years they just do it and that was my thing with the whole quote unquote boycott that we saw in the nba protesting what took place and i think what barack obama said to Chris Paul, LeBron James, and other athletes there in the bubble, your platform is bigger when you're playing than it is when you're not. And I know the message that you want to get across is to is one that you want people to stop acting a certain way. Well, if you want people to do that, why are you not playing? Yes, it may sound like they're pawns. They're not pawns. They're athletes. They're humans. And being an athlete, and you know this to be true, right? if you're a high school athlete, if you're a college athlete, professional athlete, your platform is always larger when you're playing than it is when you're not. And I wonder if Barack Obama would have gone back and said, guys, what are you doing? We're not going to stop playing. We got a message to get across, and let's go ahead and get this message across while we're playing the game. We could have done that. But instead, as Jason Whitlock said, you just did it, and now we have to find a way. We have to 
put this thing together and get back on the court as quick as possible. Very emotional time, a time that players don't want to go through, a time that myself and people in America don't want to endure anymore as well. But I will say this, there was more good, there was a lot of good going on in America, as bad and as crazy as it is on the news, there's a lot of good going on in America. And contrary to popular belief as what people, what some people may say, as I know I just praised Doc Rivers and I know that Doc Rivers made a comment recently that uh, talking about how things are in America, as a black person in America, it's better right now than it probably ever ha has been. You go back to the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, being black in America wasn't something you want in some areas you wanted to you wanted to be and you wanted to go. Why? You were hunted, as one person would call it. They would shoot you down. They would gun you down. They would get their canines and say, sick them. And that's exactly what they did. Black people in America have way more opportunities than ever before. Yes, we are still having first in America uh, as black people in certain fields, but we are having first as black people here in America. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving. Yes, let's keep the athletes, guys. I wish I could talk to y'all. I know I don't have the platform. I know I know I'm just a just a random guy with a podcast to you. But I would be just like Barack Obama. I don't agree with every person or anything, but I will agree with the Barack Barack Obama with this. Keep playing. Keep doing what you're doing because your platform is larger while playing than it is when you're not. And also, you guys know by now how to get your message across while on the court. When you're off the court. That's where you struggle. Before we get to talking about the news that came out that was not in the Big Ten's favor, we have a word from Plutus Sports Analytics. Plutus Sports Analytics is a company based on minimizing the uncertainty in sports betting to help you maximize your profit. Newfoundland's first sports analytics team provides daily predictions for all major league sports so you can win big. Whether you want to hit MLB picks out of the park or get a slam dunk on your NBA betting tickets, Plutus is a company of choice. Head to PlutusSportsAnalytics.com. That is P-L-U-T-U-S SportsAnalytics.com. Use code JSP10 for 10% off their deadly service. The closer that we get to the start of the college football season, it seems like more and more news continues to come out that makes the Big Ten look really foolish. Recently, it came out that the Big Ten voted today. I think the article is dated for the 25th, maybe. But if they voted today, let's go ahead with the, with the title and the headline of the article. If the Big Ten voted today, they would not vote to postpone the season. So, I'm confused. Very, very confused. One, you postponed it back in what, August? Shortly after, beginning of August, shortly after you came out with the revised schedule, you postponed the season. What changed between that period and now? The only thing I could think of that would have changed is the backlash that came to you for the decision that you made prematurely. Literally, people that were for, that were not for football coming out, they some of them were even thinking, this decision sure seems a little premature it sure seems like you could have waited a little bit you could have at least tried to, to start the season you could have at least got a couple games in and then and then canceled it that would have looked better and that would have been a wiser decision but no we want to postpone it now and what we find as more and more numbers come out about COVID-19 testing in colleges and how University of Michigan, I think they had over 850 tests, zero positive cases. The more and more that you're going to find that teams are doing what's needed, 
players are following the rules and that testing is taking place, the precautions, health and safety precautions that are there, they're working. The Big Ten is going to continue to look, to look worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. They even thought in their ego, it, without, with how crazy they're thinking, they even thought the ACC, and they assumed the ACC would follow suit and cancel their season, or excuse me, postpone. I got to use the right word because Kevin Warren made sure the person interviewing him utilized postpone and not cancel. And honestly, he caught that fairly quickly. I got to give him answer credit. Most people, they may wait a little bit. They may like, hold on, let's rewind that back. Did you say cancel? No, sir. No, sir. It's not cancel. It's postponed. There is a big difference between canceling something and pushing it off <laughs> for about six to eight months. A big difference between the two. The one thing that I think is very interesting about this whole situation about the, about the Big Ten is now they're talking about having college football, Big Ten football, starting the week of Thanksgiving. For recruiting purposes, for the immediate purpose time period right now, not down the road. But for immediate recruiting, that's not a wise decision. Also, when it comes to the financial aspect of that, there's talks of utilizing, well, we're going to utilize domes throughout the Big Ten. Like I told someone recently, the Big Ten spans from Nebraska all the way to Pennsylvania and Jersey. So you're going to find, you're going to call for more travel, more money to be spent. You're going to have to pay for hotels when you travel to these domes. You're going to have to rent, pay to rent these stadiums just to play a season when you know you could have played it at the same time where you normally play it and nothing would have gone wrong. Yeah, yeah. The whole the more news that comes out, like I said, guys, this thing seems crazier and crazier and crazier. Also, one more thing. I won't be on the Big Ten very long. I could go on for days about them and their foolishness and their ignorance and really just utilizing their ego to kind to basically make this uh, a worse situation for them than you than it should be. They also thought the ACC would follow suit, and the ACC was possibly very close to that until Notre Dame stepped in. A team that's right in the heart of Big Ten country. A team that at one time was going to join the Big Ten. But the University of Michigan blocked that from happening. Lo and behold, what happened? Notre Dame spoke up and said, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, ACC, we need you, baby. Everybody's going to conference only. We can't play USC. We can't play Stanford. We can't play all these other schools that we normally play. So what are we going to do? We got to play y'all. We got to play SEC schools. We were already planning to play five of you guys. Let's go ahead and up that to make it a conference-only schedule with Notre Dame in there, no divisions, and Notre Dame has a shot to play in the ACC championship game to the er, er, in early to mid-December. Oh, we're going to sweeten the pot for y'all ACC as well. Notre Dame, we're going to allow you to take part of some of our TV money from the NBC contract. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, if I'm a, the ACC commissioner, if I'm the AD of ACC school, I'm thinking, whoa, hold on now. Time out, time out. We can get a part of the NBC money, and we don't. Have a part, we're not a part of the contract right now. I'm just trying to share the wealth, sweeten the pot a little bit, if you want to call it. Oh, okay. What else, Notre Dame? Oh, Notre Dame also said down the road, there may be more of this down the road. There may be more Notre Dame games versus ACC schools where those schools will also get some of that pot. Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you mean to tell me 
At the Big Ten in all their foolishness, through all their ignorance, their ego, whatever word you want to call how idiotic that decision was, that they were thinking and they were hoping and they, they believed, oh, if we do this, the ACC is going to follow us. They're going to do exactly what we do. Notre Dame said, hold on, hold on. Not so fast, my friend. I got another thing coming for you guys. ACC, hey, let's talk. Let's make this thing happen. And now the Big Ten looks even worse. I, I, I didn't even talk really much about them playing the start of the season. I did a little bit, but didn't really go in detail about them playing the start of the season the week of Thanksgiving. Dumb, stupid, idiotic, crazy. I don't. I, I. I'm trying to just. I'm trying to keep the words that I utilize a very, very calm natured for what is going on and for what is going on in Big Ten country. The one thing they were afraid of is being sued. Is the liability aspect. But I bet they weren't expecting players to sue them for lack of transparency and other things going on that the Big Ten still is not releasing the info that is allowing th- that that led them to make the decision that they made prematurely. It's pretty bad when a conference comes out and says, and when sources are saying that the conference made the, the vote right now, that the po- that 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 the season would not be postponed, that the that the vote would be to play the season. It's really bad when that comes out. And I'm not saying it's all Kevin, Kevin Warren. I'm not saying it's all the presidents and chancellors. I'm saying it's every all everybody that fits that group right there. Even if Kevin Warren was one that said, no, we want to play. We want to play football. We want to play right now when we normally play. I think going back, if he says that now, someone could go back and say, well, back in June, you said, well, if the players weren't playing football, if there's no season, the players could, fo- could focus on voting. The players could focus on doing the things that helped them vote in November. Remember, the Big Ten doesn't play football on Tuesdays. The Big Ten players, the, 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 the athletes, they're able to study, get good grades, figure out who to vote for, and then vote as well in the middle of the season. They do it all of the time. So I think what the the lack of is really understanding the temperature of the room, understanding what young people are capable of and allowing them to do that. Bad news bears to the Big Ten. I don't want to believe this is political. I try to stay away from pushing the politics into this situation. But the longer this goes on, it sure seems like that may be the move. And man, that's not good for the Big Ten. That's not good for Kevin Warren, the presidents, the chancellors. It's not good at all. Hey, y'all still have time to reverse course and change and make it go ahead and make the season happen. Your players are already already practicing anyway. And you know what happened? The Pac-12 may do the same thing. Why? Because their players are practicing. Practicing for what wins the game? Nobody knows. You know what else nobody knows? What's going to happen in college football down the road? Because it came out on Sunday afternoon, I believe. I believe it was Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports came out and stated that Jamar Chase of LSU wide receiver uh, came out, took the t- took the country by storm in that one-of-a-kind elite offense that we were able to witness uh, that Joe Burrow ran last year. Well, Joe, Joe Brady got a lot of the attention of the coaches. The OC's, the OC's uh, name escapes me. Joe Brady, the passing coordinator, went from Drew Brees uh, in 2018-2019, went to LSU with Coach O, uh, coached up, uh, uh, oh my gosh, Joe Burrow. And then now he's in Carolina uh, back in the NFL. But Jamar Chase has decided to opt out of playing in the season, playing college football this year, has decided to go ahead and forego this year and get ready for the upcoming uh, NFL draft, get ready and to boost his draft stock. 
and one person posed this question, and it really speaks volumes, and I think it's perfect for what's going on right now. Will we see this happen down the road? Your elite players opting out of a season to prepare to be a professional athlete and not play the final season they're eligible or the last year before they leave to go be a pro and not play at all because, well, an agent or someone close to them or a coach or an injury, hopefully not an injury, not a previous injury, but you know what I'm saying. Someone got in their ear and said, hey, young man, I think you're better off not playing this year. Don't risk injury. Don't risk anything. Take an entire year off of the sport that you love to get ready to play professional football. Now, being a professional athlete is great. There are things that happen for that when you're a first-round draft pick or just a draft pick in general that would not happen any other time period to any other person when when that is not able to take place. So I get all of that. But the one thing I would caution you is this. If you take a year off of anything, mm-mm-mm-mm. normally when you come back, it's not good, and you're going to risk. Yeah, you may be able to, to show out in the in the combine. You may be able to even show out during training camp. When you go on the field, when you start playing the game that you love, that upcoming uh, the week one, week two, week three, and you start realizing, hold on now, that cut that I made two weeks ago, I ain't making it like I normally do. Hold on now, those hands that I had. They're not like they used to be. Hold on now. I used to be able to dominate that D tackle. I can't do it no more. That 10 yard out, that's a simple throw. I can't make it. And all of a sudden, I think what's going to happen, what you may be seeing is you may have your Christian McCaffrey who foregoes a bowl game and other athletes who forego a bowl game down the road and say, oh, I'm not playing this bowl game. I'm going to get ready to be a pro. Okay, cool. You, I, That's one thing I can get that. But I'm not one that's going to say, let's forfeit an entire season, take an entire year off of the game that we love, and then let's come back and let's be elite because of it. I am not a fan of that move at all. If it's an agent getting to them, Darius Butler, former Indianapolis Colt, put this tweet out there. And I think it was, it's going to be enlightening to a lot of people because it was to me when I read it. Agents, they normally pay and they normally take on the expenses of uh, of a client, an athlete, professional athlete between the, the, the between the months of December to April. Four-month time span, five-month time span, whatever it is. I'm not doing math very quickly. But between the months of December to April, the agent, whoever they sign with, will take on the expenses of that person until, that, until they sign their first check and, you know, they got to get their money back. Well... Let's say an agent is getting in the head of a Jamar Chase or Rashad Bateman or a Rondell Moore or a Micah Parsons or so many other people. Now, I get it. There are about 50 players that have decided to opt out due to COVID-19. I'm not saying this is a – I'm not telling them what to do. I'm just saying this scenario. Now, let's say this becomes a norm where players say I am not – an agent gets in the ear of an athlete and says I'm opting out. I'm not playing. They opt out on, oh, let's say August 31st, just like August 30th, excuse me, just like Jamar Chase. So August 30th until April when the draft is, or maybe it was May, whenever the draft is now, whenever the draft is, that agent is going to take on the expenses of that person or the agency is going to take on the expenses of that athlete. And let's say that becomes the norm. Does an agent want to really do that? I wouldn't at all, but that's me. There's a price to do business. Some agents would be willing to do that, 
But would it be in the athlete's best interest to forego a season of college football away from their team, away from their coaches, away from what it is that is helping them prepare the best way that they can for the next level? I'm for playing. I don't even like players skipping bowl games. I, Christian McCaffrey, love, love watching him play. I am still going to be an advocate. Play your game, man. Play that last game. Play with your boys. Play with your team. Do what you have been doing all season long. I'm not one to say let's go ahead and skip this skip this game. I'm not one to say let's go ahead and skip this season because down the road, there may be more harm to that decision than help. Thank you for listening to another episode of the J. Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. If you're not on Twitter, you would love to connect with the podcast. Send your emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode number one, be sure to people know about the podcast. This has been episode 128 of... The JT1 Podcast. I'll see you next time.